0: Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. We see in verse number 13. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in His times He shall show who is the blessed, and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Thank You, Lord, for this powerful passage of Scripture. Help us to glean some truth from it. In Jesus' name, Amen. I think a lot about what would happen if I were to die? I think about that from a few different perspectives. One, I, business perspective. Um, how's that going to work? How's that going to go on? Do I have enough things in place? I think about it from a family perspective. Do I have things in place? How's it going to work out? I'm sure you've thought about these things. I've, And now, as a new pastor, I think about it from a church perspective. You know, you're just getting started off and people are starting to come and you're gathering and you don't, you don't want to think about those types of things, but you kind of have to. Um, and I'm sure pastors that have been in it long enough, they know that it's important. You've got to, you've got to prepare. You've got to charge others to be able to do things and step up And I don't know anything that would cause more grief to a pastor than to know he spent two, three, four, five decades building something. And then a young startup comes and the next thing you know it goes whatever. And I know parents, you put two decades into raising your children and the last thing you want them to do is to walk away from the faith. You want to charge them to go on. What do we see in this passage? We see Paul and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's kind of charging Timothy. Look. I want you to keep up what you're doing, but look, there's going to be others coming after you. How are we going to keep this thing going? And that's what we're going to look at in these passages of scripture. First, look at verse number 13. I give thee charge in the sight of God. Seven times Paul charges Timothy. And he lay, to charge is to lay this on him as a duty. He charges him in the sight of God. We're doing this to keep God's work going. No father is a one-man show. No business is a one-man show. No church is a one-man show. It's, It's in the sight of God. If we can't get that wrapped around our heads early on in our planting process, we're going to be off track. This is in the sight of God. Timothy's being charged. And don't lose sight. It's in the sight of God. Without spot, Unrebukable until appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I want to back up. I'm sorry, back up to verse number 13. The Bible says, after in the sight of God, he says, Who quickeneth all things. Quicken, he makes it alive, and then he says, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Let's get John 18. Play a little groundwork. We'll get to some practical stuff. But John 18, he's standing before Pilate. He claimed to have power over his life and Jesus didn't hold back one bit from declaring truth. Verse number 35 of John 18. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Watch what Jesus says. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. That's his good confession before Pontius Pilate. Don't worry if somebody laughs at you because you're a Christian. Don't worry if somebody's going to ridicule you because you're going to openly talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Declare truth. That's what Jesus Christ did. That was His good confession before Pilate. Verse number 14, it says, uh, look at that at the beginning, that thou shalt keep this commandment. Well, what's this commandment? In the immediate context, back up to verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto unto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So it's certainly that immediate context of verse 12 to fight the good fight. But then the broad context, all the commands that he's been taught. Then it goes on to say, without spot, Unrebukable. Well, that leaves me out. <laughs> Who can live up to that? It's hard. Who can live up to that? Apparently, Paul's charging Timothy. And now look, the end of verse 14. Until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians back then were living the same way that Christians today should be living, looking for the appearing. That blessed hope. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to catch away his saints. They're living with that anticipation the same way we should be living with that anticipation. Verse number 15 this is considered a, a, a doxology. It's just a short expression of praise to God which in his time which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate the king of kings and lord of lords. It's just a short um, expression to give God praise and to worship God. And look what else you have in verse number 15 you have the only potentate. Only time this word is used in the Bible we see it right here. It's only used one time in the Bible. What is a potentate? It's a person who possesses great power. He's the supreme ruler. All right, verse 16. We'll lay a little contextual groundwork for these verses. The Bible says, Who hath, I'm sorry, who only hath immortality? That's the nature of God. That's the nature of Christ. It's in his very being and his very nature. That's who he is. John 5:26 says for as the father hath life in him so hath he given to the son to have life in himself. And then we see we see in verse number 16 dwelling in the light Which no man can approach unto. Let's get over to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, verse number 23. the Bible says in Revelation 21, verse 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And go down to Revelation chapter 22, and let's get verse number 5. And the Bible says, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. God's dwelling place. It doesn't need a candle. It doesn't need the sun. It doesn't need the moon. It doesn't need the stars. God. That's it right there. It don't need nothing to light it up. He is the light. So a little contextual groundwork of those verses, and we're going to get to some practical advanced, uh, lessons. If you as a parent want your children to go on The way that you've raised them. If a pastor trains another pastor to go on the way he's been taught, my pastor has trained me to go on the faith the same way Paul is training Timothy to go on the faith. And now Timothy's going to have others under him. How do you do that? How do you make sure or how do you... You can't really guarantee it, I guess. But how can you put things in place to make sure that what you've laid doesn't go to naught? I think the charge that Timothy gets here is that we all have to stay steadfast. And we're going to first we're going to look at the example of Christ in that, and then we're going to look at the great glory of God in that. So one, We're going to look at Christ's good confession. And anytime you go through trial, anytime you have hardship or suffering, here's what we've got to do get our thoughts fixed on Jesus Christ. If we can do that, we're on the road to staying steadfast. We can look at Christ's example. Um, turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Let's look at that. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 15. The Bible says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus Christ went through temptations. We're going to go through temptations. Jesus Christ went through trials. So are we. He had joys, so are we. He had friendships, so are we. Look to Christ's example. Get our thoughts fixed on Him. And that's the first step in staying steadfast. The easiest way to get children off of living for Jesus Christ is this. Get their thoughts fixated on something else. You're going through suffering? Oh, your mom and dad are bad. You don't have enough joy in your life? Here, take a drink of this. You get kids, you get adults, you get anybody to get their thoughts off of Jesus Christ Trials, suffering, joys, friendship, right down the line, all of it, will start to go bonky as soon as we get our thoughts off of Jesus Christ as our example. In all points, was tempted as we are, but He remained sinless. He's our example. Nobody else can say that or do that for us. So number one, we want to get, how are we going to keep this church going on? If we say steadfast if the people stay steadfast, and if all of us keep our thoughts fixated on Jesus Christ as our example. We always find the counterpoint in Him. Was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin? Hebrews chapter 12. Why do you have to follow the Bible? Why do you have to... Why do you have to tell us that book's true? Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 3. For consider him that endured such contradictions of contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. He knew, he knew the price he was going to pay. The eternal Son of God endured the contradiction of sinners. You know what we have to do? Somebody's going to make fun of you because of your belief in the Bible. Somebody's going to make fun of you because you're trying to live your life in accord with the Bible. You know how you say steadfast? Endure such contradiction of sinners. (laughs) They're going to contradict what you're going to say. Jesus Christ endured it. He's the eternal Son of God. We've got to be able to take some of that and not lose steadfastness. You can test somebody, they're going to be on the basketball court. Yeah, have them run a few laps the first practice and you see how they handle it. Are they going to just quit or are they going to endure it and move on boys and girls jesus christ endured so much went to that cross for us we have to endure so little somebody made fun of you whoop-de-doo get over it don't allow that to make you not a steadfast christian that's how our kids can go on. That's how our church can go on. That's how a family goes on. That's how a business goes on. The biblical principle is there and it's the same. Now check something out um, in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Alright. What? Notice... Alright, notice you have a good profession... And a good confession. Look at verse number 12. And has professed a good profession. My profession, Timothy's profession, Paul's profession. It's based on what the Lord has done for us. But look at Christ's good confession in verse Thirteen, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. That's based upon Him being the source of truth. Christ's confession would be on the basis and the source of all subsequent professions. He is the truth. Ours is based on Him as the truth. It's what the Lord has done for us. That's our profession. Christ confessed, He is the truth. We saw that. The other thing on Christ as our example. We only have not only do we have Christ's good confession confession, but we also have the victory of Christ. The victory of Christ. Like it says 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 53. The Bible says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy sting? Victory. Jesus Christ won the victory for us. And this is why we remain steadfast. Don't forget about Christ's confession. Don't forget about Christ's example through his good profession. He is truth. His good confession, our profession, is based on him being the truth. But don't forget Christ's example. He won the victory. We don't have to win every battle because Jesus Christ won the victory for us. That should keep our thoughts fixed on Him knowing that He won the victory. That's going to help us to remain steadfast. Young people, you want to know how you're going to get off track? You want to know how you can get off of the Bible road and the Christianity road? Have somebody convince you that Jesus Christ isn't real, the Bible isn't true, And Jesus Christ isn't the victor. You can be your own God. You can make up your own rules. Next thing you know, there goes steadfastness in a legacy of a family, a church, and just go right down and plug in whatever you want. How does verse 14 end? Until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. The expecting appearing leads right into the doxology which is going to magnify the glory and greatness of God. And we see that. Which in His times He shall show who is the blessed and only potentate the King of kings, the Lord of lords." There's kings that rule Jesus Christ above everyone. You get off steadfastness. You get somebody or something to convince you otherwise. There's lords. You're going to have a landlord someday. He's going, Lord, He's the Lord. You're going to play that landlord, but there's a Lord over all those Lords, and that's Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8:31, "If God be for us, who can be against us?" Now what do we have in verse 15? A beautiful doxology. Boys, that will preach. King of kings, Lord of lords, the only potentate, These blessed, all right. I mean, that's a preaching verse right there. You can preach it all day long. But, there's a special, special connection here. And we have to look at the context to really see it. And how is it allowing Timothy to stay steadfast? Timothy is reminded, and we have to be reminded, if we want to stay steadfast, That God has immortality. That God is blessed. That God is the King. That God is the Lord. God is eternal. And God who hath immortality, that's who He is. You know how you get it? And everybody gets it? And I get immortality? As a gift. We get it, As a free gift from the One who is it. And we start getting off track. We do. I'm King. I'm Lord. I'm a good ruler. I'm blessed. And we insert ourselves into where Jesus Christ declares who He is. He did it with Pilate. With his good confession. I'm truth. We get in on it based on what He did for us. He says He hath immortality only. We get in on it only because we're in Christ. And that is the only way we can stay steadfast in the faith. If we get off of that, we act like God can only act. And we deceive ourselves when we do it. He's the King Eternal. He's the author of eternal salvation. And He obtained eternal redemption for us. He's the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm going to be southern. Oh, bless her heart. Um, I'm blessed. <laughs> really, most of the time when I see you, you're miserable. I mean, you complain and you. Do. Is is that a cliche that Christians use, or should we really think about the meaning behind when we say, "Oh, bless his heart." I know it's a saying, and and, and I'm being, I'm trying to be funny to prove a point. I am blessed. You are blessed. God, Jesus Christ Himself, declares Himself blessed. Blessed. He's got a smile on His face. He's got joy. He's got kindness. He's got happiness. He's got mercy He wants to provide to people. So when you say, I'm blessed, we shouldn't be walking around with a scowl on our face. That's not God. God. That's not God. It don't matter, boys and girls. You have a good life. You have a better life than you deserve. And if we were to take some stuff away from you tomorrow, you'd be complaining. How do you know that? Well, cuz if you took stuff away from me, I'd be complaining. <laughs> we can take you We can take you to Sierra Leone. Africa. And you're going to see little boys running around barefoot with clothes with rips and holes all in them. And you know what you're going to go home saying? I'm blessed. And you're going to base it upon you comparing what you have based upon what they don't have. And God says, You know what? I'm blessed. And those kids in Sierra Leone, Africa, at the end of the day when you go home, you know what they're saying? I'm blessed. Because we don't say I'm blessed when we look at what other people have and when we compare ourselves to them and we say, you know what? My car is one year model earlier. I'm blessed. That is completely out of the biblical context. God is the blessed one. And I have a missionary friend who's a missionary in Sierra Leone, Africa. There's a picture. They got to carry water in jugs. So you got to run, get water, and you got to carry it back to the village. So some of the guys get workouts at the same time. One jug in one hand, one jug in another hand, one jug in the teeth, carrying the jugs back. Are you blessed? You would say yes because I don't have to do that. Now do that and they'll say you're blessed at the end of the day. See, Jesus Christ is blessed. That's who He is. So when we say we're we blessed, we're getting in on what He is and who He is and what He has done for us. Why would, those, why would they be blessed? They have water. Why would they be blessed? They have a a 2.5 gallon jug that they can put water in. Praise God for that. But you're blessed. When you say you're blessed, don't just use it as a cliché. If you're in Christ, you know who you're in? The Blessed. How else can we? Okay, so you get that off your mind. We're gonna, we're not gonna stay as steadfast as we should. Now look, God is incomprehensible. You wanna get, you don't wanna be steadfast anymore, or you get get off the track of steadfastness. You start trying to figure everything out about God. Instead, what's the Bible say? Give Him honor. The Bible says in the end of verse number 16, "...who hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting." Amen. Why don't you give God some honor? I can't figure out God. It's just a book written by men. Millions of children read Harry Potter books and get lost in these books, filled with junk and witchcraft and all this nonsensory stuff, and they get spend millions of dollars nationwide on going down to Land, and you're going to have some little fairy fly around and tell you that your conscience is your guide and all of this, and you're going to be swept away. Kids are swept away. Their heads are buried in these Potter books as kids are learning about all this Wicca stuff. But it's fun. It's just repackaged devil's not dumb. People get swept away in all this stuff. And then they say, well, I just just can't understand God. I just, you know, why believe? I I can't figure, I don't understand it all. I can't figure it all out. Why don't you just get swept away in it? Wow, the word of the Lord that came unto Hosea. I wonder what God told Hosea. Why don't we get swept away in it? Because we love other stuff more than we love God. Guy is going to bury his head in, in the hood of a car, he's gonna fix the engine all day, and that's great. A surgeon's gonna bury himself, open somebody up, and he's gonna fix them up and make them better again. Praise God for it. Guy's gonna get on the mat, he's gonna learn all these angles and learn all these moves to defend himself, and that's great. But we gotta be careful we don't get swept away by all this and forget God. Oh, you can figure out how to restructure someone's whole face when it's had cancer and the guy comes out and lives. You know how amazing these doctors are? It's amazing. I can see how it can be easy to be like, I'm God. It's an amazing skill they can do. Get swept away right there. Don't forget God hath immortality. Don't forget God is blessed. Don't forget He's the only potentate, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. I know, guys. I've been on the mat with some of the toughest guys in the world. And I feel like well, I'm going to just give you my black belt because I'm not even worth nothing. <laughs> I mean, just wow. You need to be that good. That's what I think. We were down in South Florida years back and uh this guy his nickname is cyborg and we know why we call him that because it's just he's like a robot just and I'm thinking why how, is there a need to be that good <laughs> there's guys that tough like that good you don't even have to break a sweat Wow I don't need God I can see how you can think you don't need God. I work hard. I know Nathan works hard. Most of the guys I know work very, very hard. How do you make a billion dollars? <laughs> like when, when, I, when I hear President Trump and they say he's worth so many billion, I, like, I, I don't know if I can count. I can count to a million, but I don't know if I'd be able to count from a million to a billion and pass the test. That's a big number. And he's not at one, he's like, Multiple billions. How do you do that? I can see how you can think. I don't need God. I've got it all. I don't need God. I don't need to understand Him. Look what I can understand to do. Don't you get it? I can understand how not only to make a million dollars, not only to be a millionaire, I can be a multi-billionaire. Don't you understand I can do that? Don't you understand I can heal this man? Don't you understand I can? It's easy. And that's how we lose our steadfastness in the Lord. Because we're blessed. We're the King. We're the Lord. We're the only potentate. And we think we have immortality. And we won't ever say that. But our life, we got to be careful, doesn't live like that. Give Him honor. Just do what verse 16 says, to whom be honor. Just give Him honor. You want to keep the next generation plugged in? You can't lose sight of God. My pastor want to keep the next generation of preachers plugged in? He can't lose sight of God. Or I wouldn't have been where I'm at. If I want to have other preachers come on up behind me and after me, I can't lose sight of God. Our church wants to go on for multi-decades. We can't lose sight of God. And too often we regard ourselves as the rulers and forget about our dependence on God. You've seen a fly. You squash that fly. You wouldn't even think about it. And that fly doesn't know who you are and has no knowledge of your superiority. And as quick as you squash that fly, you know there's lost people walking around here that are just like that fly. They have no knowledge of God and they have no comprehension of His superiority. Our job as a New Testament church and as New Testament Christians is to make that truth known to them so they can put honor where honor is due and worship the true King, the true Lord who hath immortality, who is blessed and if they get in on Him, they have those benefits. That's biblical Christianity. Let's bow and pray, please. Lord, we definitely have a task of steadfastness that you've put in before us. You've laid it out in your Bible, and it's so easy to get off track. Help us. Help us to be able to be good examples, good witnesses. There's people that don't know who you are, and we've got to make that known. Help us to not lose our steadfastness. Help us to give you honor. Help us to Appreciate and value you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we do pray for the young people here. They would want to go on as, as steadfast Christians. We pray for each and every one of us, especially our church as a whole. that We would want to go on as steadfast Christians. Blessed, are the rest of our day as we go on, bring us back safely tonight. It's your will to do that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.